another episode of Hero Paranormal Podcast, broadcasting from the base at La Madre Mountain, just south of Area 51. My name is Ryan, the original overseer of the airwaves, bringing you an epic episode today. On today's podcast, we have Eric Awakening Man of the Awakening Man Podcast, a great podcast that just went on a deep dive with Richard Doty. Highly recommend checking it out in your spare time. We are going to go into a bunch of stuff today. I will ask him his opinion on current conspiracies and hopefully get him to tell uh, one of my favorite Sasquatch stories of all time and maybe a few others. But can't promise on the second one. That's entirely up to him. And aside from the podcast life, Eric Awakening Man also goes out in the field quite often, which he is out in the field today. A guy who really gets out there and checks everything out, checks the stuff out on his own, goes to the conferences, goes to the places of high strangeness. Eric, Awakening Man, welcome to the Hero Paranormal Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, We are going to get into all kinds of stuff, I hope, today. And uh, where are you, just so our listeners know, where are you at uh, today? I'm in New Mexico uh, at the National Petroglyph Monument, which uh, after this conversation, I'm going to get out and take about a half a mile hike up into the mountains here. And uh, I, I have, uh, I've seen many petroglyphs uh, all over Nevada and New Mexico and Arizona. I've probably been to at least 10 different really good spots. And it's, it's interesting because sometimes you'll see uh, – a lot of the symbols that are similar. I mean, they'll be almost identical, but then sometimes you'll come across symbols like we did when we were out there in the Red Rocks uh, in Summerlin that I hadn't seen before. So it's always interesting to, you know, it's like a, when you explore these things, you never know what you're going to see until you get there. And then just to imagine what these things mean and what these people were trying to communicate, uh, you know, it's fascinating to me and to you, I'm sure, as well. Right. I mean, just to think not, not only were people out there inscribing these and creating these petroglyphs and pictographs, but what were they trying to, like you said, I mean, does this, in my opinion, this has a lot of different, uh, paths we can go down. Do you think there is an extraterrestrial connection or maybe intraterrestrial? Oh, 100%. I mean, just by the shape of these, uh, these, you know, bipedal, symbols. I mean, you've got arms, you've got legs. Sometimes you've got big heads with antennas coming out of them. Sometimes you've got tails coming out of the backside. Uh, Some of them are skinny and some of them are big. And I mean, there's just a variety. Sometimes you see these spiral things and I wonder if that's like, you know, some sort of dimension or portal. I mean, I don't know. But uh, what's interesting for me as I do research about information that's more modern, like stuff that's in today's that's relative today, and then you correlate that with what people might have been trying to communicate, you know, thousands, maybe millions of years ago. And, and however long these petroglyphs have been there, I couldn't tell you exactly. But I, I see a, a, I see a storyline that, that just kind of flows. That It seems like the same stories have been told over and over and over again for hundreds of years. And they're just told from, from a different perspective, from a different uh, era, which is fascinating to me. Yeah, it is. It's weird how... You're absolutely right. It's so unscripted how the um, the whole genre of UFOs or, you know, these these machines in the sky or what, you know, other cultures call other things. I think the semantics is really what gets everybody stuck in the mud. Once you rise above that and you realize, okay, were there things in the sky? Are they depicted? Are they still depicted? And what's the correlation? Then you rise above all the muck and realize that there's a lot going on. And it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. I love it. I I think it's, you know, some people I find, um, 
Well, I'll try to simplify this. You know, I'm, I'm 59 years old. I, I think if you, for as an example, if you look at the, 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 the people now, let's say between 20 and 30 and then 30 and 40 and 40 and 50, and then even the older people, I, I personally, I get a lot of value in having conversations with people, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old because they're getting a, a vast perspective. Uh, and, that, and today's younger generation, uh, they are, they're, they're so much more influenced by maybe stuff that's on YouTube, for example. I call them armchair YouTube general uh, researchers. I mean, they're not real researchers. They just collect information off of YouTube, and then they use their own reasoning, which is very limited. It doesn't mean they're not intelligent. It just means that they haven't actually gone out and talked to people or actually gone out and, and spent a night you know, looking in the sky or going to these spots. And once, for me personally, once you experience these things, not by reading about it or listening to somebody else tell a story, but if you can actually get yourself to an area where you can have experiences, then the bigger picture starts to become more clear, and then it's easier to believe these stories. But uh, anyway, so that's what I try to do. I try to, I try to find information and content that I can share, and if people trust my, my stories, they're, they're not BS. I'm not trying to fluff anything up. I'm not trying to get rich off of any of this information. This is a hobby to me. I, I love it. You know, that's my perspective. And that's the truth. You are really not, uh, you're, you're in it for all the right reasons. And, you know, having been out in the field with you, it, it becomes perfectly clear. And I think, you know, that's what keeps people going back out in the field. And you're right. When, when you, when you experience this, as you have already said, you, you realize that there's so many layers to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, I, I want a quick story before I tell you this quick story. Mm -hmm. Um, but the name of our show on YouTube is called Altered. Just because you said Eric Awakening Man, which is my Twitter name, but Altered is if you if someone is listening right now and they want to go and watch the YouTube, uh, you might have to type in Vinny Koshis Altered. But we are out there, and if you're on Twitter, you can find it at, at Awakening Man. And but anyway, yeah. So I, I spent the last yeah. two days uh, with Richard Doty. Um, he invited me actually to his house. I was there yesterday morning, and I was anticipating it was just going to be a couple hours. We're going to hang out and talk because uh, he and I, uh, I could say this now publicly that he and I are actually going to do a radio show together. That is so cool. That is so <laughs> awesome. It's very cool because uh, I, I wanted to know from him, okay, because he has a lot of information that uh, he worked for Hal Putoff. I mean, he knows Kit Green. He knows, he knows the top people in the field that, that we can't get to personally, you and I, we're not going to get to these people. And if we could, right. they're not going to tell us anything, but he's, he's worked for these people. He knows the information. He knows what's real. Uh, and, and, and during our conversation, uh, one of the things uh, I was asking him about is the, you know, the aliens at area 51. I mean, you probably heard the stories and, uh, you know, recently he was on a radio show and he was talking about an alien that was at area 51 that escaped and, uh, it somehow got off the, off the, uh, off the uh, Groom Lake facility, whichever one it was at, I don't know, but they, they, it was able to get into uh, the property and, and a ranch on the other side of the mountain range, would, which would have been near the extraterrestrial highway. And this was a long time ago. We're talking probably, I'm going to guess, like 30 or 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember the exact date this happened. But uh, some rancher apparently saw this being and shot it and killed it. And so... <laughs> But, so I didn't believe the story, but I didn't disbelieve it. See, I, I try to keep an open mind. But, but what I said to Doty was, I said, uh, you know, I did a Twitter poll because you know people that were listening to the story, and I said, you know, who believes the story? Yes or no? And eighty percent of the people didn't believe the story. Right. And I so I and I told Doty, I said, you know, I said I'm not saying I don't believe your story, but most of the people do not believe your story. And so at his house. Uh, <laughs> He pulls out, you know, he opens up his computer and he's got documents there. And he says, now, I can't let you look at all this. I can let you glance at it. You can kind of see a few things. But some of this is classified information. Oh, man. And I said, I, I said, well, can I take a picture of something that just so I can, if I ever want to tell somebody that, here, here, look at this. I mean, I'm not making this up. Here's some pictures of the documents just so you know that I didn't make this up. And so he did allow me to take some pictures. But uh but but then he said to me, you know, he's an easy guy to talk to. Actually, if he trusts you and he likes you, he will he will chat with you very openly and candidly. And so at one point when I when I was telling him, I, you know, I don't people don't believe that there's a, there were. He goes, no, Eric, I don't know if there's aliens there now, 
but I promise you, he goes, I will, he goes, I will never lie to you. And he looked me right in the eye. And I know some people are thinking, oh, well, that's what he's, that's his job. He's, you know, he worked in intelligence. He's mm-hmm. a disinformant agent. Well, maybe 30 years ago, true. But, but I don't think that, I see no agenda. I see no reason why he, he, there's no benefit for him financially or any reason I can imagine why he would want to just make stuff up just to impress me. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's got the kind of ego where he's trying to impress people with BS stories. Right. But, uh, but, but aliens, uh, they're real. They exist. They're, they're not only visiting, but they're here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that 100%. I can't prove it to you. I haven't met one, but I've seen enough, uh, information, uh, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and comment, and I'll tell you another story if you want to talk about uh, something else. I can I can go go for hours about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I love it, and that's kind of the circle of information I'm trying to get into is this extraterrestrial or ultra terrestrial, like these entities that have been here for millennia and have been described for millennia, and how people do describe them differently. But I mean, even in the Bible, they have you know. When Jesus is born, you have this alien, well, this angel, excuse me, come down and it quite literally is scaring all of the shepherds and you have all of this sky slash craft stuff mixed in wheel in the sky with Ezekiel and not just to get on the biblical stuff. This is in every culture and in all of the old texts and even on the rock walls where, how, how are they here already? I, I can't wait to go into this. Well, um, again, this is just based on my opinion on my own research. Uh, uh, well, one of the reasons why I did this show altered with the with my co-host Vinny Kosis, that's K O C S I S. She wrote a book uh, several years ago uh, called Cult Child, and it was it's based on a true story of her life. Uh, when she was three years old, she was taken into a uh, a cult. It was a religious cult, and they were taken to an island in in Alaska where she was raised there and. Uh, had so many horrific experiences, but for whatever reason, um, one of the things that the people that were running this cult uh, were taking her to this base, and she told me where the base is. She wants to go back out there. She wants to prove to me that what the story that she writes about uh, is true, and she says that they took her to this, I call it a base, but whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's an underground uh, location in a mountain, which, you know, we always hear these stories about underground locations and mountains. And uh, quite frankly, I believe very firmly that there are non-human uh, entities or intelligences that are in the earth. I, I believe in that personally. Mm-hmm. And she said that uh, she interacted with this being, she calls it a gray because it was kind of gray in color and had kind of the, the, the larger head. But in her case, the eyes were not the large almond eyes. They were more standard kind of human-shaped eyes, maybe slightly between the almond and the human eyes. Not not quite as, you know what I'm saying? They're just different. Right. And she said her experience uh, with this being uh, was very loving, and it was a positive experience. And and so I, and then uh, sidestep here real quick. Uh, at breakfast this morning, I was talking to Richard, and we were, t- I was, you know, well, here's how it works with research, and you probably know this, is, uh, if you go out and you do research and you find information and then you're able to maybe confirm or verify it as best as you can, and, and then you, let's say you form an opinion that you believe it. And then so now you've got like a treasure trove of, of stories and information. So then you come across a guy like Rick Doty, for example, and you're, and you're talking and, and you start to – so I'm sharing this stuff with him. And so he's like shaking his head saying, yeah, he goes, that's true. And I'm like, I don't think he's, he's not just stroking my ego. And so what it does is it prompts him then – to tell me a story that, that corroborates the story that I just told him. So here we are back and forth for six hours sharing stories, but his stories, trust me, are way more impressive than mine. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> don't know. Yours are pretty good. The, he had the real experiences. He worked at Area 51. He was out there. I mean, he grew up. Anyway, yeah, I can go ramble on and on and on. But, yeah, they're, they're here. Uh, some of them, I think, are, uh, are here for a good reason. Um, the whole reptilian thing, uh, you know, I've, I've been I've been up and down the ladder on that on that story. I, I tend to believe that uh, there is some type. Of, well, some sources that I've talked to are I'm pretty convinced that they probably tell the truth that there are different types of reptilians and and these uh, maybe they're not all bad, but there are a few of them that are don't have the best interest of mankind uh, in their agenda. And so we're we do have this kind of yin and yang thing going with the. Uh, with humans and, and, and ETs of various types that are 
you know, maybe here to help humanity and maybe others that are trying to break humanity down. And then that could spin off into all sorts of conspiracy fantasies, which may or may not be true. I try to stay away from that, but I don't discount the possibility of any of it. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, ignore. It's when you start looking at it where there's smoke, there's fire. And yeah. like you said, it's easy to go down these spiritual um, different you know, there's, there's a million ways you can go from there because you're dealing with entities that are not our own and, and consciousness. And, uh, there's all kinds of quantum activity involved and it really does seem like governments and, uh, ritual magic and all kinds of other things kind of intersect when yeah. it comes to this, this topic. Um, yeah. Is, is there any truth? What, what, are, what, where, where do we want to go from here? Um, well, yeah, like you said, the, the ritual magic thing, that's interesting because, uh, okay, I'll tell you a story. Are you familiar with the Bledsoe's, Chris Bledsoe, Ryan sure. Bledsoe? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, a couple years ago, I went to a conference uh, in San Francisco, and the reason why I went there is about a four-hour drive from my house. Uh, was Chris Bledsoe was going to be there, and I'd heard his story. I'd seen the, the, uh, the, 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 do the documentary that they filmed uh, on his story. And I was very intrigued by it, and so I wanted to meet him. You know, for me, it'll probably for you too. Is uh, you know, you get a sense when you hear a story after a while if if you think there's there could be truth to it. So you, if you want to try to verify in your own mind how how much you want to choose to believe in it, the best way is to try to. If you want to be a researcher, you got to you got to go out and and meet these people, and and you better be prepared to be polite and kind and professional and non-judgmental because if you come at these people in a manner that they're not going to be feeling like you're trying to uh, set them up for some sort of debunking. Then they'll and you and you talk to them like a human being would talk you know, to their neighbor, and they'll talk to you and they'll they'll share things with you. And then if they if they start to think that okay, this is this guy's a good guy, he's all right. He he's not just some Yahoo out here just just living in some fantasy world. He's actually looking into this stuff. He, so they you you can establish your credibility by doing the research yourself and then when you have a conversation with them, you're coming from some sort of perspective that they can relate to. But anyway, so we got Chris Blood, so I got to meet him and it was interesting. So he's it was hard to get to him. He always had like guys around him. Right. And I was thinking, well who are these people? I'm wondering. I don't know who they were. Um I heard rumors about who they were. So uh, finally, there was a moment uh, where he was sitting in this area uh, in the lobby, and uh, he was sitting there looking at his phone, and there was nobody sitting around him. And I thought, oh, my God, here's my chance. I just happened to be in the lobby. I'm just going to walk up to him and sit down and say hi and start talking to him. And so that's what I did. And, and, uh, and so I started talking to him, and I said, hey, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm, I'm Eric. I'm the awakening man. I'm, I'm the guy that contacted Jimmy Church and, and suggested that, he gets you on your on his show and and oh yeah okay great nice to meet you you that whole thing and i said uh, that was the first time i've been able to like see you where you're you don't have four people around you and he points over he goes see that guy over there he goes that guy's with the nsa he goes see that guy over there that guy's with the cia see that guy i mean so he's telling me that he's well he's protected they they they're, they don't for whatever reason they feel the need to be around this guy. So to mm -hmm. me, that tells me that his story's legit. Otherwise, they wouldn't have these people around him. There would be no reason for it. Um, so anyway, so, we, so we're talking, and I said, uh, these, I said, do you have, I mean, he's looking at his phone. He's actually scrolling through his photos. Right. And I'm kind of glancing over, and uh, I said, oh, I said, those look, those look like orbs. And he goes, yeah. He goes, do you want to see some? I go, absolutely. So he starts showing me these orb pictures that he took at his house in North Carolina. And first time I'd ever seen an orb that you can literally see the outline and the features of, of living, well, of beings. For example, one of the orbs, you could see like a dog in this orb. And another orb, you could see a small child's face. You can literally, I mean, this is not pareidola. This is... What I'll send these pictures to you when I get a chance, but you'll, when you look at them, you're going to say, oh, shit, you're not kidding. Right, so was, right. So he had these amazing orb pictures, and, and he, you know, so we got to talking, and that was great. And so then, uh, anyway, that could go on and on and on about that. But his son, Ryan, um, I started great communicating with Ryan because I was kind of curious what Ryan's perspective was and what, what his experiences might have been, if they were similar or whatever. And so I was having a little back-and-forth private conversation with him. And um, 
So I'm going to be careful how I tell this story because mm-hmm. I don't know who listens to your show. There's the one. There's a, the the Bledsoe's were visited by multiple people from multiple agencies, and some of the people that were visiting them did not want them discussing uh, this. Some of their stories. They they wanted to. This was this was prior to 2017. You know, this disclosure uh, to me has already happened. But for the media purposes, uh, 2017 when the when the Tic Tac and all that stuff started coming out, it seemed like the veil kind of got pulled aside a little bit, and more information now is coming out than ever before. But there was still the group of people that the, 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 the certain information they just don't want the public to know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so Derek's telling me, uh, or Ryan's telling me the story about there was this one particular guy who I'll tell you off the air, uh, who's been involved in these programs for a long time. He's an older guy, and he's uh, his wife and he are involved in these, uh, well, I don't want to say witchcraft, but this, these types of uh, magic things, yeah. we'll just say. Yeah. Okay. And he said that um, they came to visit him and his family, and uh, they, they brought him a gift. And so after they left, uh, he opened the gift, and inside this box was some bones. And it was he found it odd that, that this lady, who's married to this high-up guy, would leave a gift of bones. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know what it meant. He didn't. He didn't. He thought it was kind of weird. He didn't. He, this was. We're talking something that happened a few years ago. So he put these bones. He says uh, he left them in the box and just put them in his closet and left them there. But he said that he was, for whatever reason, there was a certain negative energy. There was a certain vibe uh, that was going on. I don't want to say, I don't know if it was a spell or a curse. I, I don't want to go there, but something along the lines of some sort of, there was a shift in whatever was happening in his consciousness, for example. And so, so the only reason why I found that out was because I had heard him talking about this person that had been to his house, and I said, look, you know, I've done some research. This person that you're referring to, uh, they've been involved in these programs, and I told him. And I said, just be careful, because uh, I don't know that I trust them for you to have the, your best interest, all right? And, I, and he said, well, that's interesting. You, he, so just because I mentioned that, then he told me the story about the bones, and I said, I said you know, I did some research. I said, those bones, uh, the, the, there's magic involved in this. So the, the, these are not just bones. There's, there's, there's something tied in to whatever the purpose of you having these bones. It, it has some sort of magic connotation. So I said, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you just take the bones out of your closet and just go either put them away or put them out in the yard or just go bury them. Just get them out of your way. Just move them. And he said, okay, I'll try that. He thought I was. He probably thought I was a little nuts. But, okay. but then I think he did some research. And he found out that maybe I'm not nuts, that maybe what I was telling him that could be true. And then, uh, like a month later, he contacts me. He says, he says, you're not going to believe this, but I got rid of those bones, and my life has changed like 100% since then. He says, I'm, I feel much more free. I'm more happy. I don't have all this negative feelings. So I don't know if what I just told you it, it, it all ties together for fact, but I believe that there was some sort of connection there. So, so yeah, spells, rituals. You know, however that works, there are people high up that have this knowledge about our visitation from various beings that maybe don't have the best interests of humanity. And that's why we have this struggle with disclosure. You know, people, why don't they just tell us? We can deal with it. Why don't tell us aliens are here? Tell us that UFOs are real. Well, there's, there's some very powerful people that like to control things, and they don't want the information out because then it, it kind of takes away from their power and their control. I agree 100%. And there are a lot of higher ups that are, you know, you hear the rumors often of elites practicing ancient mystery religions. But, you know, when you have the CIA looking into magic, and that's, I kind of want to go down this path because I pulled up, uh, can't say where I got this, but this is magic perfectly explained in a declassified CIA document. Magic, aka patterning, This technique involves use of the consciousness to achieve desire objectives in the physical, emotional, and intellectual sphere. It involves concentration on the desired objective while in a focused 12 state extension of individual's perception of that objective into the whole expanded consciousness and its projection into the universe with the intent that the desired object is already a matter of established achievement. 
which is destined to be realized within the time frame specified. So it's, and it goes on and on and, you know, into expanded awareness and holograms and situational stuff. But you get the idea. The government is looking into this and has pretty much agreed that, yes, it is a real thing. Well, you've, have you heard of the weird desk at the Pentagon? Yes, I've heard the rumor mill go off and uh, Pandolfi and I, yeah. And I, I believe uh, Kit Green and Hal Putoff, and I, I'm not saying I know that for fact or I can prove it or I'm trying to say it is fact. I'm just saying that some of the information that I've gotten from people that I'm connected to that have high up contacts of, you know, they pass this down to me and I, I can't prove it to you or verify it, but. You know, when you add, when you take a puzzle and you put it on the table and you start putting the pieces together, at some point you could see the picture. You don't need every single piece of the puzzle to really figure things out sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a certain affinity that just, it just kind of, once, once you have the, it's connecting the dots really, you don't need the whole puzzle. And I think people that need the whole puzzle, they just are not free thinking at all. No. I think they're in fear. Either they're in fear or, you know, there's in social media, I do a lot of social media just because sometimes when I'm traveling around, it's just I don't like to watch TV anymore. So I'll just go on my social media and just chat with people. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of uh, fearful people out there that are, you know, there's some trolls out there that I don't even know. You know, to some degree, there might be people on uh, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever, that, that maybe they're, they're potentially they're just working for some agency that designed to, to just put negative information out there, misinformation or disinformation. But I could usually figure out pretty easily if I'm talking to like a real person or if I'm talking to somebody that might just be trying to, to, to kind of affect the narrative and trying to get me to look at things from a different perspective, kind of throwing me off my game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of trolls out there that – uh, the, just the, the, their mindset is such that uh, they don't want to believe it. They, they're still stuck in the in the 70s or in the 60s mindset of uh, it's it's all it's, it's laughable. It's 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 ridiculous. It can't, you know. And then what they'll do is let's say uh, let's say I told you a story for example, and maybe I misspoke about one aspect of the story. Let's say out of ten aspects, maybe I, I, I maybe I was off on one. That doesn't mean the story's bad. It just means that I might have been off on just a piece of the story. So what they'll do is they'll take that little piece that I might have made a mistake on or whatever, and then they'll use that to try to debunk the whole story. Yes. And so I, I just you know what I just I just block mute. But, but first I always throw my my two cents in there and tell them you know you got a long ways to go before you're awake enough to really understand what I'm trying to tell you. And, you know, it's not my job to try to convince these people. I'm not really trying to convince people. I I just put the information out there, and people either want to hear it or they want to get into it or they want to look into it or they don't. And if they don't, that's cool. It don't affect me any, right? Right. No, it won't. Absolutely not. And, you know, going into the – there's something about America's deserts, it seems, that these – areas, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, I mean, Texas, right, California, it seems like the entire desert region is steeped in this, yeah, the Mojave, I mean, there's so much UFO stuff happening out there, and speaking of the Mojave, I have to ask you, what are your thoughts um, when you talked about aliens living underground, aka in tunnels, etc., there's been a lot of stories like that throughout history. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can't. Uh, I, that's that's the area that I couldn't. I wouldn't want to hang my hat on is because I really have no evidence. But um, uh, it's, the probability, I think, is greater than people realize. And for example, there's this lady. I don't know if you uh, recently kind of came onto the scene a few months ago. Uh, named Angeli. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with her story? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because that's kind of yeah. where my head was going. I thought so. <laughs> so uh, her story may or may not be totally true. There may be aspects of it as true. I, uh, it's kind of a mystery. We, I actually invited her to come on our show after she'd done a few other shows, and I was able to kind of see what really get a view of what her position is. And there's just something going on there that just doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't mean that she's lying or that she's a disinformation agent. or I don't really know what's happening, but I do know this that if, if I had a story like that, 
that, that I met some guy in a coffee shop and he agreed to take me to his house in the Mojave Desert and, and I took me into a cave where there was aliens, okay, and I was going to go public with that story, I would, I would want to make sure that, that it was so truthful that I would be willing to answer any question that anybody would have for me. And for whatever reason, she chooses to avoid certain people. Uh, and my perception is that like if, if I were to going to have a conversation with her, I would know the questions to ask to get down to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. But she won't have that conversation with me. So that tells me that something's not right, because if you're really trying to promote a story and you believe it to be true and you're selling it to be true, then you should be willing to have a conversation with anybody. And she knows I'm not a debunker. I'm not a skeptic. I'm, 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 more, on that. I'm more on her side. I want to believe the story. But I'm, but I'm looking for a reason to believe it. And right now I can't find a reason. But with that said, if you go back in the day where Charles Hall, he's written five books about the tall whites when he was working at the, uh, out there in, in, uh, in, not in Groom Lake, but you know where I'm talking about, somewhere in Nevada out there in the desert. I forget where the, the, the location was. But right. uh, re- recently I was, you know, you, you, our friend Jeff Rennell and I were camping out there, not too far from, from the area where, uh, where Charles Hall worked in the 60s and said that these tall white beings would show, and, and they had craft in the whole nine yards. We were just hoping for any possibility to get any kind of uh, you know, experience that might potentially give us a reason to want to validate that story. And we did have some experiences out there that were all going to that real quick. So I, I think I might have told you the story, but your audience hasn't heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jeff, we're, not, we're out there. We spent, I think, three nights or two nights out there. But um, we were hearing some very strange sounds coming from – what sounded like uh, the mountain range, uh, in other words, we were on one side of the mountain, we were legally allowed to be there, but on the other side of the mountain, that's where Groom Lake was, Area 51. I mean, we were probably like two miles, if you were, as the, as the crow flies away from Groom Lake. And so we were hearing these sounds coming, which sounded like in that area, and we couldn't tell what they were. I mean, at first we thought maybe there were helicopters, but then they were just, they were too powerful and loud and thunderous and they had an intermittent kind of a sound so we both decided that no those those can't be uh, helicopters and uh and then jeff says that the ground was shaking so i thought this is strange you know i've heard these stories about tunnels under the ground and i believe that that we do have tunnels under the ground i believe that um so fast forwarding i shared that story with dodie uh on our interview when we did the altered uh, through about three or four weeks ago, and and he told me that uh, they do have tunnels there, and one of them, I think he said he, he's been in, it's like 77 miles long, and he said that what we probably heard was the boring machines that they've got underground that when they're when they're expanding these tunnels, and that right away, it just ding, 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 that, that, that made sense to me, because it was the ground was shaking, it was a powerful, like, earthquake kind of noise coming out, so that was kind of cool to experience that because I've heard stories about these things, but to be there and, and experience the the sound and the so that kind of doesn't make it one hundred percent true, but it makes me believe that it probably is true. So then this part really tripped me out actually. Mm-hmm. So we've got helicopters uh, with flying around uh, in the morning, not around us directly, but around us to the right and to the left. We've got planes. You could see them flying over Groom Lake over the mountain, uh, not coming into the area where we were, but we could clearly see them, uh, different planes. And then, and then, uh, and then this, when it became dark, we could hear them, but we couldn't see them, and, and they had no lights on. And I thought, this was interesting. We've got planes and we've got helicopters flying around. We can't see them, and they've got no lights on, but they, they, you know, they're out there on the testing grounds. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to have lights on because that's their territory. They could do whatever they want. That's right. Um, so I thought that was interesting, though. So just to be around there and see that the, that this is they're they're doing a lot of training out there. I can assure you that, um, like one after another. The, I mean, we could for every five minutes we could there's like one coming by the the area within earshot, and and you know. So then um, the next morning comes. It's about ten o'clock in the morning, and beautiful clear sky. There's not a sound out there, by the way. Not not literally no sound. Um, and then this mass. We're seeing these planes kind of flying over the Groom Lake area above the mountain range so you can you can see them and they're just standard looking planes. They didn't they could have I don't know what type of planes they were, I'm not a plane expert. Um, but then <laughs> here comes this plane, rises up, it was massive. 
and uh, I think Jeff thought it was like a B fifty two or something. It was just huge. It was it was massive, and and here it is. It, it it's flying, and I've got my cell phone in my hand, and Jeff's got his cell phone in my hand, and we both click on video, and we're 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 trying. We've got our. I mean, this thing was literally no more than a mile from us in the sky. It was very close. And I'm right there. I'm I'm recording, but there's nothing showing up on my screen on my on my phone. I've got a, right. got a brand new Samsung Galaxy S21. This thing's killer. It's just like well, I can't see anything. I go, I, I can see it with my eyes, but my phone's not picking it up. I go, this is weird. What's going on? So here it goes by, and then it makes a circle around, and then now it's flying almost over the top of us. I mean, this thing had at this point it was about a quarter of a mile away. It was it was really low to the ground. And again, I'm like, try to take pictures of this thing, and it's not showing up on my screen. And so I was tripping on that. I'm like, what the heck? Is I'm like, Why is this happening? So I told somebody about that, and they said that they've got this shielding technology. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe that's true. So I ran this by Doty. I said, you know, I told him the experience. I said, this is what happened. He said, uh, i got to be careful. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this. <laughs> He said that, uh, well, it's a little more than shielding. He says they've, they've got uh, like a holographic technology. So, so that explained it. It, it. That made sense to me because if it, maybe there is a holographic technology where they can make it look like it's completely real and it's right there, but if it doesn't show up on camera or film, but it, but it looks real. So that whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't think he would just make that up to pacify my thoughts, but that's what he said. Man, and you know, I can't, just from my own personal experiences, you know where I live, and yeah. I see the I, I see the uh, Janet jets um, that go to and from Area 51. They go right over La Madre here, and um, you see them going every day and coming every day, and, you know, pretty straight line trajectory, but I'll tell you what, at night, most evenings, I can't say all evenings, but at night at about 10.30 p.m., there is such a thunderous aircraft that goes over this area, and I've jumped on it on my back balcony, front balcony, trying to see it. You can never make it out. You can never see anything in the sky, and it sounds like it's directly over you. And I wonder if this technology doesn't exist. I mean, you read uh, into some literature talking about some of these companies that have done testing out at Area 51 and others that are just publicly traded companies. And they're looking into, you know, cloaking technology. This is a real military thing. It's not, it's, you know, it makes sense in the field. Yeah, and here's the thing, uh, just we won't go into 9-11, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's all sorts of theories about what happened in 9-11. Um, I would personally not be surprised if what people saw on TV when they were watching this be replayed, that that could have been a cloaking technology that looked as if, and I'm not saying this is what happened and this is not my theory, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount the possibility that, that what, what the planes didn't actually crash into that building. Because if you really do all the research on it, 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 a building shouldn't come down from a plane crashing and and lava and, and steel beams shouldn't melt like that. I mean, I think there was more to that story. But then what really kind of makes me kind of nervous a little bit is what uh, Berner, Werner von Braun said to uh, to uh, Carol Rosenberg back in the day at NASA about, you know, the last card they're going to play is the fake alien invasion. Yes. You've heard about that, right? So so if they have this cloaking technology and they have all this tech, this other, let's just say hypothetically that they're, there is some sort of master plan, which I'm not sure I believe that to be true, but let's just say there is. Uh, they certainly have the technology to make people think that there's alien spaceships in the sky. I, th- I really believe so that part of this, what's happening with disclosure now with all this tic-tac and this, that, and the other. So why all of a sudden is the government and our people that were affiliated with the government and the news that they were quiet about this for, you know, 60, 70 years, so to speak, and now they're just promoting this information. But they, they really, they, they, I don't really think that they, they care about humans. They want us to know this. It's just a setup. Are we being set up? I wonder about that. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, you got to follow the money and these black budgets yeah. are huge. These black budgets, they matter. They are huge. And they, uh, nobody, nobody questions what they're doing. And this is exactly where this type of technology 
would be budgeted because it is, you know, it, it just is the objective and that's what you got to follow is the objective. And I think, you know, even now, even you go to sporting events and they have these drone swarms that, yeah. and, I mean, just those can, can mimic, you know, just about anything. So, you know, that is fairly ordinary technology compared to what is actually, at least we trust what is actually being utilized by our military. Right. And coming back, I hate to come back around, but I have to with the Rick Doty connection, the tunnels underground, you know, that's something that it's amazing because others have testified to the same thing. Uh, Gabe Valdez, not, and this is a strange connection because it ties back to um, the Dulce base and, yeah. And, uh, and Gabe, Gabe Valdez, you're talking about that, yeah, that whole story. Yeah, yeah. He, he would often say that he had seen these tunnels and seen the vents and seen these things. And he was a very right. trusted individual in the community. So I don't know why it would be such a, uh, such a stretch to believe something like that. Well, uh, that's, uh, 2018, they have the Dulce base UFO conference and, uh, I went there. It was my first time in New Mexico, and oh, I drove out so there, awesome. and uh, it was a guy in Texas, the uh, the alien hunter with the cap on. I yeah. forget his name. Yeah. I'm talking about, though. Ca- yeah, Daryl Sims. Him. Yeah. Pardon me? What's his name? Daryl Sims, I think. Yeah, Daryl Sims. He's a, what a character. I love that guy. I love talking to him. And he, he openly admits that he says at one time he worked briefly for the CIA, um, you probably know that, but uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not accusing him of being a, a contractor for the CIA now because I don't have any evidence of that. But I do know, based on other research I've done, that for whatever reason, he's whether it's his choice or he's been assigned to collect these implants. I mean, that people claim to get in their bodies, and uh, I believe that that's to be true. I, I think that I think there's probably a human faction that uh, they call it the My Lab abduction, the military abduction, where they are, for whatever reason, choosing to take certain people and, and put these little tracking devices in them for what agenda I'm not sure about. But I also believe that there's uh, non-human entities that uh, maybe they're tracking their hybrids or their bloodlines. I mean, I'm going into the woo now, but I'm just saying I, I don't discount these possibilities. That, uh, but he's, you know, he's collected these implants. I've seen them. I, I saw them at the conference, and so they had this town hall meeting uh, the, the day before the conference started in in the. Uh, and actually in the courtroom there in Dulce, New Mexico, because they didn't have a big place, uh, like an auditorium. And all the locals, they came, the Indians that lived there in the area, they came and they sat there. It was like a 100 of them in there. And, and they were telling their stories, you know. And, and I was recording with my iPad, like I always do. And this uh, during a break, uh, this lady came up to me and said, you know, um, they wouldn't actually tell me, like, they wouldn't, the locals are very humble people. They, they're not going to come up to me and say, you know, turn that off, please don't record me. Uh, they, they just kind of keep to themselves, but mm-hmm. some somebody came and said, "Hey, you know what? If you, I think if you would just just turn that off and just let people talk, that that would be a good idea." And I said, "Yeah, okay, fine. I, I'm down with that." So I shut it down, and then these people started coming out of the audience and standing on the stage. And this one little lady, she was about four foot eight, little Indian lady, uh, was telling these stories about the Bigfoot on her property and about the. Uh, about the uh, UFOs and the cattle mutilations. And so I heard all these stories from the locals that, that, that were happening in the day and still happening. And then, uh, so I was like, okay, cool. This is, to me, that's confirmation. I, I just saw no, there's no agenda. These people were not getting paid to get up there and tell these stories. And, and so then I was so, during a break, during the conference, there was a, an, a, an Indian tribal girl that was uh, working at the casino there, and she was a security person, and I just, you know, went and sat next to her and just was, well, I'm just going to pick her brain a little bit and see what she thinks about all this UFO stuff. And I started talking to her, and I says, you know, I says, you know, you know the story about your, 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 your placer, the Dulce Mountain right there. I says, you know, the people say that there's bases and so on and so forth. I says, well, do you, what do you think? And she says, well, one time... My boyfriend and I, we were, because, you know, unless you're on the res and you're allowed to be there, you know, white people, you know, I'm just generalizing. If you're not a sure, native and sure. you're not allowed to be on the land, you don't, unless you have permission, you don't get to just walk around up there, right? No. no. Yeah. So anyway, she said that they were walking around in this area and they found this like cabin up, uh, you know, wherever it was, this little cabin up there. And, uh, they, you know, they were able to peek in the window and, um, and I can only speculate why that was there, but they, they did see like a vent 
and she 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 was not willing to tell me a whole lot, but but she led me to she gave me enough information to lead me to think that there might be information about these stories that could be true, but the natives are never going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So how do you verify it? You know, and then uh, I hope those stories aren't true. I hope they don't have humans down there and they're in by, and then they got, you know, people in, in these cages and things like that. And you, you know, I heard these stories of David Wilcock, who I'm not a fan of. And I, I think he's selling fear porn for $333, which is ridiculous telling, you know, the grays and the reptilians are eating humans at the border. And when they come over from Mexico and, and this is terrible. And, you know, I just, I, I I'm not going to go there. I think that's, that's a little bit far fetched. And, and I, I'm, I don't, think that that's cool that you try to make money off selling fear porn. So I'm just trying to tell you stories that I've heard and, I, and the possibilities of some of these stories being true is probably greater than people realize. Absolutely. It's, it, it, I think there, there's a lot of truth to that. And, um, going down those lines, I've, I've, I've spoken with people and this is where you have to connect the dots. I've spoken with like HVAC. Uh, this is through a mutual friend, a guy that's not into anything fringe and his friend is not into anything fringe. I'm, I'm the one that is. And speaking with these guys, this guy said, Hey, you should really hear my friend's story about what he had happened to him out in San Diego underground under the base. He got called out to, to work on, uh, some HVAC stuff out there and, after going down, I forget how many levels it was something like, it was a lot. Um, I don't want to miss miscount. So I'm just going to say it's a lot of levels. And he said that he saw organs like human appendages, organs, and possibly even entire people in these bubbling containers. And, you know, they, they said, just don't look over there. And, um, after analyzing the situation, his boss decided not to take the job because there were some venting issues and said that there could be some, some flammable problems. And it, another contractor actually took the job, and I guess they did have a fire trying to clean these vents out. But what are in these vents? I don't know. The things this guy was saying freaked me out. And yet, you know, it's not he's not coming. Like he said, he doesn't have a buck to make. He doesn't have an agenda. There's no objective here. And he's just openly telling me something that he doesn't really want to publicize. So when that happens, you have to wonder, you know, it's, it's only, you know, it would be second nature for our military to go down every rabbit hole to get some kind of advantage against uh, possible enemies. Well, and then uh, there's a one guy on uh, that I've been chatting with on social media for a while. I actually interviewed him a couple years ago. And, you know, and you heard this theory before, I'm sure. Uh, and he, he won't let me meet him in person. He won't really even let me research his background. I think he's just kind of leaking stuff to me. And I, I don't mm. think he doesn't strike me as just some guy that's got nothing better to do but just put out information to, to get me to spin my head around. But, but what he says, it's kind of far-fetched, but I'm not going to rule out that there could be uh, non-human entities working with aspects of the military industrial complex in these facilities. And I know it sounds crazy, but I would not rule that out. Right. I wouldn't rule it out. No. And that's not fear porn. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I mean, whatever's happening, you and I are not going to be able to do anything about it. We still got to live our lives. You know what? We, you know, we got a family, whatever. We, we can't just sit home and trip about all this stuff. I, I still going to go out and do my thing and, and, live every minute of every day as best I can and try to be happy and positive. And, and, you know, you, then you come across certain people that are, maybe they're interested in learning more, but you know, you got to kind of be careful. Uh, you know, you, some people get freaked out by this stuff. They really do. And you can go too deep down the rabbit hole. I mean, there is a real world that we all have to engage in no matter how false that real world is, but that's what I like about it. When you look at least open-mindedly at these things, you get to see a bigger picture of the real world. It becomes more colorful, more unique and more, more, more relatable, at least in my opinion, to um, kind of put your head in the sand and think that none of these things can happen is uh, very, it's very civil. And, you know, for a civilian to do that and not pay attention and just be in their own lane, but it's also monotonous, robotic, and it's not very human-like. So I think philosophically, people have always kind of wanted to know more. And I think that, yeah, the military 
has always found that they need to know more than the average individual. And you, no matter what part of the military you talk to, you can talk to anybody. There's a point where they stop talking because it's sensitive material. And I think that this, uh, obviously, this UAP phenomena, UFO type um, genre is is one of those areas where the mouths stay closed a little bit quicker than some of the other areas. It doesn't matter what part of the military or anybody in the the deep knowledge arena, they, they there's a point where they stop talking. Right, right. You know, and I'll tell you, when, when I first heard that term UAP, uh, my first initial initial thought was, oh, they're just trying to, you know, take change the narrative and so they can control it and da-da-da-da-da. But then I started thinking about it, and I thought, okay, so we've got UFOs, unidentified flying objects, which could be ours or could be theirs. That's a fact, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Or then when you talk about unidentified aerial phenomena, now what I think we're talking about is what, what we call orbs. And you've seen them. Yes. I've seen them. I've filmed them. I know they're real. I've seen them more than once. And I don't, they're not, they don't look like a structured craft to me. They're, they're just like balls of light. I don't know what's in these balls of light or if they can manifest into a craft or not. I just know that they don't look like any kind of structured vehicle, but they're real. I've seen them. I've seen one in the Mojave Desert in the daylight. Mm-hmm. 40 foot around, 100 yards away. I saw it for five seconds. As soon as I tried to take a picture of it, it just blinked off. It was, it didn't fly away. It just vanished right in front of my eyes. And it was, I wish to God I could have taken a picture because, you know, sometimes you see things and you can get a shot of it. And sometimes they're good shots, sometimes they're not. But when you have a story that, you, that kind of affects you permanently in your consciousness and you can't prove it to somebody, then it's like, okay, you know, they're either going to believe you or they're not. You know, I can't, I'm not going to try to convince everybody. I'll just tell the story. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been seeing strange stuff. For, I had John Polk told me five years ago in a phone call after I first started trying to look into this a little more deeply. He said, you know, uh, I don't know how he knew this or why he believed it, but he says, you're going to start seeing UFOs. And I laughed. I said, well, I said, how would you know that? And why would you say that? I mean, I mean, you just because we had a five-hour conversation, you think suddenly I'm awake and I'm going to start seeing <laughs> UFOs? I'm thinking, man, that's, that just sounds crazy to me. But he was right. I did literally start seeing UFOs. I saw like two of them within a period of two weeks right in my area where I live. And I've never seen them before ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that happened. So, yeah, I mean, if people – I think that's where consciousness comes in. I, I believe that uh, – you know, consciousness is vast. I mean, you know, your experience that you have as a human being living on this earth and observing uh, can be affected by where your mindset is and how open and receptive you are to the possibilities of reality and the multiple realities. And the, you know, I don't know anything about dimensions, but one analogy I could give you is if you can get a hold of a pair of night vision uh, binoculars or goggles, for example, you can look in the sky and you could see objects in the sky that are bright and alive, moving, that you will not see with your naked eye. So that's a technology that we have that confirms that there's something in the sky. I don't know what it is that you can't see with the naked eye. So maybe that's how dimensions work. Maybe there's things right in our general area that's right here that we can't see for whatever reason. I don't know how the physics works on all that, but but whatever it is, this intelligent uh, consciousness that's able to kind of manifest, materialize, and then dematerialize, like that story you told me that you had uh, out there near the Skinwalker Ranch when that wolf and that porcupine showed up. I told Dodie that story. His mouth, his jaw dropped to the ground. (laughs) You know, which I could have taken a picture. I go, I go, Dodie, I I could probably make arrangements. You could come out and camp with us. He goes, I want to do that. That's great. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a real thing, and it's uh, it does seem like there is, especially with quantum physics, getting into this stuff, and there there seems to be more than the human eye can see. And like you said, with a little help, and this is not hard to do. Anybody can do it, like you said. Um, and it's yeah. just about anywhere, even major urban centers. So it, it's very interesting. Um, before we wrap up here, Eric, let's tell listeners again about your podcast, um, where they can listen to you and keep up with everything you're doing. And then we'll kind of wrap up with some more stuff. Okay. So yeah, if you go on social media, it's Eric at awakening man. If you do Facebook, it's Eric E R I C Jensen, J I H N S O N. You'll see a picture of a cat, beautiful cat. Um, so I've got multiple identities, uh, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> to be honest. 
I, I don't really I, I'm, I'm kind of a low profile kind of guy you're actually I've only done maybe two interviews or you're you're one of the few that I've ever done because I I like you and I trust you and I know you're you, I, I believe you're on the same path I am so I feel and I've spoken very openly today where I normally probably wouldn't say is a lot of a lot of the things I told you I probably wouldn't tell a lot of people just because they're right. gonna think I'm a Yahoo um, so that's or if you go to if you go to YouTube you type in uh, altered it's the, uh, with Vinny Koshis, V-E-N-N-I-E-K-O-C-S-I-S. Uh, we've done three shows. Uh, we did a show with um, – we did our first show with just her and I talking about why we're doing this show. Then the second uh, show was with Rick Doty, which was – we've got over 1,100 views in like two weeks on that one. Wow. We've only got 250 subscribers. We just started, so we don't have a huge audience yet. And then the third show we did with this lady named Annie uh, from Utah – who is a, uh, experiences with has experiences with multiple ETs, including the Mantis? Um, she's been told uh, that she was a Mantis in a past life, and that's a fascinating interview. And we try to keep them to about seventy-five or ninety minutes with no commercials, uh, no I call I say no commercials, no fluff. We just go right at it. We get as much detail as we can out of out of the story, and then we just leave it. Kind of like you do with your show. Mm-hmm. We just want to give you. But people don't want to spend three hours here, you know, two hours of BS and one hour of, of, of some good stuff. So we just want to give them good stuff, and then if they want to look into it, they can. And if you know, whatever. I, you know, I'm just like you. I'm trying to put out content because I think it's interesting. And I, and I look for content that I can personally verify that I believe is true. And it's not just like if I hear a story, for example, I don't just automatically sign up. I, I try to get to know these people. I try to maybe track them for a couple of years, not literally track them, but follow them and maybe com- and have conversations with them and see how the story might or might not change, how, how maybe they have new experiences. And then after a period of time, I can say, okay, you know what? I, I feel this person is telling me the truth. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to put my name on this story. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're doing with Altered. That's so cool. And it's a really, it's a great podcast. I highly, re- I, I know that subscriber number is going to go up. I'm one of them and it, it deserves right it. And going down this, um, you're right, where you left off about consciousness, that seems to be where everything is going and that consciousness is the source of all reality and that these dimensional beings or ultra terrestrial, or basically that there's more going on quite literally under our noses in real time. Yeah, I'll tell you one more quick story. This is the next leg of my trip. I'm going to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, where Eric Mitchell lives. Sweet. And he had an experience in 2013 where they were. He, he and several of his friends were at the apartment complex having a barbecue out there in the patio area, and this big giant ball of light or whatever you want to refer to it as came and hovered over them. All the neighbors ran into the house. He chose to just stay there and look at it. This thing zapped him. And uh, and then after that, his life changed. Uh, his he, he became. He says he it, whatever happened to him, he was suddenly about forty percent smarter and more intelligent than he was prior. So uh, over a period of time, doing his own personal research, trying to figure out what had happened to him, he was able eventually to get an MRI, and they located a, a part of his brain that was kind of lit up. And so they've been doing research through Harvard that nobody knows about this yet, but this is going to come out in the future very soon. And also at Stanford, which Eric Davis of Stanford is not happy that I've even mentioned this. He's already blocked me on Twitter because it's a private study that's not even public. But they're studying the brains of, of experiencers, and they're finding that there's a part of their brain that is lit up about 30% brighter than it would a standard human who's never had an experience before. That is proof and evidence that's going to come out in the future that's going to verify these people are having real experiences and something is happening to them. It's absolutely fascinating. I, I love, it's fascinating. I love Eric Mitchell and talk about very intelligent guy. And like you said, got, uh, got this download and now has this antenna ability. Really? He knows when these things are coming and they come often. And like you said, when you look for these things, I think even the lay person, just about everybody will start to see them more. A lot of people don't keep their eyes to the skies and, and they try to, uh, like you said, it scares people. They try not to look at it. So you're you're completely right on that. Any any last last thoughts you have? No, I'm just I'm looking forward to when you and I get to hang out again. I mean, I know you're your family man. You're busy, but I know that I know that time's coming, and I could tell you certain people I get a vibe about, and there's just I don't know what you want to call it, but I, I just know that when you and I get together. 
some stuff's going to happen. I just feel it. So I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Uh, Highly appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk to you again, man. Have a great rest of your journey. Okay, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. And thanks to the audience for listening. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Eric, Awakening Man. Definitely check out the Altered podcast. And um, I'm afraid we didn't go into too many stories, but he has so many, but you get the idea. Lots of knowledge in the field, constantly researching, and just the kind of guest we like on Hero Paranormal. Till next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around. Off in my time machine, third eye feeling like an evizine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine, third eye feeling like an evizine. Blast off, blast off.